0: Hello, and welcome to St. Louis City Press and International Friendly. Joining me to talk about the upcoming City Sounders game is Nathan Halley.
1: I am so thrilled to be here tonight.
0: Patrick Stark. Thanks for having me. Drew Wolfson. Buongia, Fellino. Ooh, I like that. Our man from
2: Hanoi, Chris Hoff.
3: Hey, everybody.
2: How is everybody doing? Woo!
3: Better than last time.
2: Yeah, the sting has sort of worn off a little bit. My heart is still broken.
3: Optimism springs eternal.
2: Well, so I
1: said we were going not going to get into the Sheffield Wednesday minute, but to have two soccer teams that are like not doing great, I need like I need something in my life cuz right now I have
0: no joy. Let's not get ahead of ourselves uh, not doing great. I don't think we we can put City in that bucket.
3: Certainly not. Have you watched the game again? No, I can't bring myself to watch
1: a game that they lost. It's worth watching again. Is the outcome different?
0: No. Walk us through it, Patrick. Uh, What additional thoughts do you have after another rewatch?
3: I've got a lot of thoughts. I've got a lot of thoughts on this game. Having watched it again, I tell you what, it was weird. I was watching it and I felt like we were going to score. We looked better than I thought we did live. I'm not sure what Chris's interpretation from overseas was, but I did think we had some pretty good opportunities. Generally speaking, we controlled the ball better than it seemed in my head at the time. I think it was my perception of the game was immediately colored by the loss. Some things I was very excited about. I, I did feel like, yeah, sure, we lost some passes. But we actually, there was some some good stuff. I'm pro the little flicky passes between Klaus and Joe I'm here for it. I feel like that caught a little flack. I thought it was fun. I thought it was exciting. But they still lost, right? They still lost, but... And Joe Acchini still had 0.0 XG? Joe Acchini, yeah, but he was never the receiver of the passes. He played better. There's more than XG, as we all know. Is this the week we're going to figure out what XG is? No, it's certainly not.
1: So apparently it's based somewhat on historical stuff. I don't want to get into it. I do want to get into this, though, Patrick, because I'm this is mostly serious and a little bit not serious, but... What do you do emotionally to rewatch
3: a game that you know they're going to lose? Do you take pills? Here's the thing. I've never done it before. So I just wanted to see what happened. It started with, let me see this one thing, but then I just let it run. And, you know, it was fine. Obviously, you know what's happening. You know what's going to happen. I wanted to see a couple of those fouls that were called and fouls that weren't, but I ended up watching the whole thing.
0: Well, let's talk about we had a reversal after the fact from the MLS review. Stroud, we owe him an apology. I owe him an apology, maybe. Uh, That yellow card against Fran Japan got reversed. Yeah,
1: I don't owe him an apology. I said it was weak at the time. It's also bunk because like, okay, great, take it away later. But it definitely is going to affect how the player is playing in the moment. So hopefully that ref has been banned from ever refereeing anything ever again.
0: Mm, We'd run out of refs pretty quickly, I think.
1: So I do want to loop back and finish to say that, Patrick, I I am impressed with you because I have yet to read anything about the Rams' 2001 Super Bowl loss uh, because I'm not emotionally ready to process that. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you can go back and and watch, I, I read nothing this week. I basically just put soccer out of my head because the loss affected me so much. So your emotional maturity is... Is something I'm going to aim for going forward.
0: It's definitely one of my strongest. Well, that's not true. That you read nothing. You read, I believe, one Lutz Fannin Steele's okay. biography. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we'll,
1: we'll get to that later. We'll definitely get to that later. But I, I read no current soccer slash football news except maybe a little bit about the shenanigans going on
3: at PSG. Speaking of shenanigans in the 2001 Super Bowl. You definitely read about the whole, like, videotaping of the plays, right? Okay,
1: yes, but okay. I I have not read any, like, post-game
4: recaps. Guys, it's going to be so hard for Nate when he learns about the fact that the Rams moved away.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and I want to circle back to the ref comment. Things I didn't know until I watched the game. The line judge, is that the term? Line judge? Linesman. No, that's definitely not the term. It is linesman. Linesperson? You're right, because one was male, one was female. The guy on the line with the flag that was closest was retiring. This was his final MLS game, and they said that they were going to give him a game ball and some special jersey. I am pretty sure he gave the game ball of his retirement game to a small child in the stands as he exited the field, getting profusely booed and probably many lewd gestures towards him well to be fair he was not the ref that the fans had issue with true i just wanted to point out i thought that was a very nice thing if that is indeed what happened
1: that was that was a nice gesture doesn't make up for the fact that he should have waved his flag around like crazy when klaus got kicked in the face uh but maybe he was just pretty checked out at that point because he's like well i got eight minutes in my career left
3: also who retires three weeks into a season i mean it's not three weeks Okay, six weeks into a season, it's definitely six. When you're done, you're done, man.
2: Could have just been the end of his contract. Maybe he signed six weeks into the season and he's retiring.
4: I'm guessing you burn out pretty quickly when twenty five thousand people are booing you. Um, so, Chris, as as someone who is uh, familiar with children booing the
2: game, you, is that word? <laughs> no,
4: not not that. I hope you've never had that experience. But can. So there's speculation that Klaus intentionally put his head into an area where he thought it, he might win a foul. That's still a foul, right? Is there any world where a head and a foot collide in the box and that's not a penalty, no matter who began the action?
2: So I'm going to approach this from the perspective of a tall man who also plays soccer sometimes. And really, getting your head on the ball is is the first thought a lot of times. If it's off the ground... And, and maybe this isn't as true for Klaus as it is for me, but getting your head on the ball is instinctual. Even if it's below you know, your eye line, you get down there. And I don't think he went too low. I don't think it was unreasonable. Watching the flight of the ball, uh, it just made sense from my perspective, that you would try to head it. I think he was going down because the ball was dipping, and then it got sort of deflected up by the, the person directly in front of him and the guy who kicked him in the face, and it ended up going, you know, it was coming down, and then it, its trajectory changed to go back up, and it went in a direction that made it look like it was ridiculous for him to put his head down, but in fact, it wasn't. It was totally normal, totally acceptable. It was a kick in the face. It should have been a penalty.
4: I, I feel like any collision between head and foot is a penalty in that situation. Uh it doesn't matter whether it was foot to head or head to foot. That being said, and I wasn't on the podcast last week, I felt like it was a pretty 50-50 game. It could have gone either way. The referee didn't do well, but can't get too upset about that. And we got to go again. You know, the, we have enough points on the board that I Haven't officially looked at it, but I'm pretty confident I can speculate that we've already clinched the playoffs. Uh, We can we can go into the Seattle game feeling pretty good. Wow. Drew, excellent statistician.
0: (laughs) Unless there are any objections, I would like to move on from last week because I'm starting to join Nate in the upset about it camp.
1: Well, I was going to ask Pat a question, but I won't. No, go ahead. I was just going to ask how he felt about the penalties, but we've just been ranting about that for like the last... Oh, I've been ranting about that.
3: I would like to point out that the Apple... There's an Apple brief show type situation where they address VAR issues from the previous week. First of all, it came out later than usual this week. And second of all, they deliberately, in my eyes, avoided our game because they know it was going to make everyone looked bad.
1: Sheffield Wednesday had a very weak penalty called against them today that cost them the win, so I don't like it.
4: This is some trademark Nathan Halley catastrophizing, and I hope he is making money off of it somehow.
0: Enough looking back. Let's look forward. Let's talk about the upcoming match between the Seattle Sounders and our St. Louis City. Has anyone watched any of the Sounders game? I've gone back and watched a lot of their matches. They are, of course, second on the table right behind us. Four wins, one draw, and one loss. Is that, did we say
4: on the table? Like we're. Phil's education in the ways of professional soccer continues. The term is in the table. Okay. No, I think we should switch it though. Like it's Thanksgiving dinner and it is on the table. Bad refereeing is on the table tonight,
2: or under
1: the table. I will say this about the Seattle Sounders. Um, As I mentioned earlier, I have watched nothing. I think they're good. And that's all I have. So I'm going to just be quiet for the rest of this segment. Well, from my
0: viewing, they look extremely dangerous. They have, they have a a shocking amount of strikers available to them. They have a silly amount such that it's the top of their news that they have too many, and they're going to have to deal with that. they have, Rui Diaz, who has not been performing this year for them, but is theoretically very good. They move one of their midfielders with him out, uh, so they have this Leo Chu-Jordan-Morris combination that I think we expect to see tomorrow that has looked incredibly dangerous. And they also have a new signing in a bear, I believe it is pronounced.
1: They have, like, a from from
0: a zoo? Like, they bought
1: a bear? A bear called Paddington? That is going to be difficult to deal with.
4: I mean, Parker's good. He's got a neck, but have you seen a neck on a bear? Pretty thick neck creatures. So I did spend a lot of time this morning, maybe up to an hour, trying to figure out how to pronounce a bear's name. And I don't know if I was successful, but I did watch two separate videos of him being introduced as a new signing by two different teams, the NYCFC and Seattle. And he said essentially the exact same thing. He that is a lot of research to do on someone who didn't even play last week,
0: and unclear if he's going to be playing in the game tomorrow as well. So, but possibly. How does their midfield look? Well, so this this Leo Chu uh, looks incredibly strong. He, I, I watched their last. I watched the recaps of all of their games, um, but the last couple they've had the same lineup with a uh, Leo Chu on the left wing, feeding it into Jordan Morris, who is previously playing as a midfielder but is now had moved into the striker position.
1: So oh, I let me just say, going forward, I would recommend not taking that approach though because I watched all the recaps of Minnesota and thought, oh, we are going to tear their back line apart. I think they cut those recaps to be disingenuous.
0: Yeah, by nature of watching a recap, you're getting uh, a different view. That's fair.
2: So from what I understand it, it stems back from when we had the international break and a lot of their players went, overseas to play for their their nations and Leo Chu and Jordan Morris were given the start and produced I think between them four goals or three goals in that game when everyone was uh, playing abroad and since then the coaches had a tough decision to bring back the starting players from the the first couple games uh, or to let the hot hand ride and I think or hot foot ride in this case i suppose and has opted for the second approach it's hard to argue that when he is leading the league in goals scored yeah jordan morris getting that
0: hat trick before our man klaus drew how do you feel about that
4: well i don't feel great about that of course and i think you knew that i would say that i wasn't going to feel great about that phil so thanks for sending it over to me but i have one final seattle sounders joke to make and that is Uh, that they are coached by Brian Schmetzer. So I will now refer to them since I don't like the name, the Sounders as the Brian Schmetzer orchestra. And regardless of what formation they play or which players or, or what tactics I will be saying, they're doing the dirty boogie out there.
1: So, as I mentioned, I didn't watch any of the Seattle stuff this week. I was too busy uh, reading a book, which I didn't finish. We'll, We'll get to that later, but I am starting to worry that the, this West Coast stuff is going to start wearing us down. 9.30 start, have to fly all the way to Seattle. I've flown to Seattle before. That's no fun. Recently found out that they're flying on Sun Country, not a sponsor, which is not like they're not flying first class anywhere. Do we Are we worried at all about any exhaustion from, from our boys in pink?
4: These sound like more problems that would afflict, I don't know, a 40-year-old man than a 20-year-old professional athlete.
0: That feels personally hurtful. But maybe accurate. But that could be a good point. We may have to check with our man on the inside and see.
4: See if two hour two hours past their bedtime is a problem
1: or not. Are, are we all planning to stay up to watch the game? I mean, that's kind of late for me, personally. It's perfect for our man in Hanoi, I think.
2: Oh, it's, it's a nice late start for me. I don't have to wake up quite so early. But I would be doing it either way. I think
0: we'll be having a watch party. Uh... Possibly over half of this podcast will be there. What's next on the agenda? There's an agenda?
3: Quick, someone figure out what kind of tactics
1: they play. I think they play WM based on the book that I've been reading. It seems like most teams play the WM, at least in the 1930s. That's as far as I've gotten in the book. So we'll assume they play some variant of the WM.
4: Which was devised by the Russians. It was. Surprisingly,
1: Lots of, like, advanced soccer tactics came out of the USSR, more than you would think.
0: Advanced soccer tactics is not our wheelhouse. However, the Sounders, it seems like, try to make a lot of crossing attempts into the middle, up the sides, cross it into the middle, into the goal. That's a a standard soccer approach, I think. Yeah,
1: you've defined soccer. Good job. All right, who do we think... What are we thinking the lineup for City's going to be? I read that Blom he is game fit, ready to ready to start again, so that'll be good. Uh, it looks like Alm is possibly going to be there, which would be nice. I think we missed him the last game.
2: And you know why we missed him? Uh, because he is our leader in forward passes received, which I think goes back Ooh. to the thing we were talking about earlier in the in the show about the last game. We jo- Joaquinie wasn't getting into those advanced spaces to receive the ball and was involved in the build-up play. And then we didn't have anybody in that spot who could really force the back line to evacuate and, and try to get back behind the play.
1: It's amazing how one player can make so much difference. And understanding that now helps me understand why I'm so terrible at the game football manager. I hope he's back.
4: I think he provides a spark. Now I know statistically he provides a spark. I like I like Blom. I really hope he he gets in there. I hope he's fit.
0: I agree. I think it would be great if we could have him, Parker, and Hebert. We're going to need that to shut down the offense of Seattle, I think. But they're up to the task.
3: I think this is definitely going to be their largest test of the season. Oh, yeah. And previously, they have been. I've been very impressed by their play, but this will be different for sure. Correct
1: me if I'm wrong here, but didn't Seattle win the CONCACAF Champions League last year? Correct. Like this is a legit good team. This is gonna be, I think, a step up. Now, my hope is I was thinking about this. I was like, okay, Nathan, you gotta bring something to the pod. Hopefully they will try and play a style that our style works well against. I think we all agree last week we were forced into a position of like having to control the ball and do things, you know, first game where we led possession.
4: I yeah, I don't like it when Tim Parker has the ball in the other half of the pitch and is looking for options. I would much rather see Roman Berkey throw the ball over the halfway line or just basically as few passes as possible to to get a chance. I don't want to see intricate buildup from our guys.
2: I don't think the Sounders are the defense first team that Minnesota was. I think uh, traditionally, at least this season, they've wanted to keep the ball and they want to play football and string together passes in their opponents' half and that's going to suit us as that's where we we get fed with those interceptions in those uh, defensive force turnovers that we then capitalize on yeah
0: i think it did not look in any of the games that i watched it didn't look like their defense was unstoppable it looked like if we can get the ball up through their midfield we would have good chances hopefully
2: i think to a certain extent the switch i don't want to call it a switch for them yet from their Season starting attack and the Leo Chu Jordan Morris duo uh, is a cause for concern for us because I think that Leo Chu and Jordan Morris duo results in a lot sort of faster pace play and a little bit more transition style attack. Uh, a couple of those goals that Jordan Morris has scored have come at the end of really high paced sprints upfield transitions uh, sort of of a transition nature as opposed to a set in the opponent's half with lots of passes.
0: Yeah. Extreme, extremely fast. I would agree. A
2: lot of speed. Jordan Morris, former U S men's national team player after a series of knee injuries. It is sort of nice to see him doing well again, but I hope he has a terrible game against us.
4: He came on in the Wales game in Qatar. You did But I forgot that until I saw it today.
0: You know, I think the standings with Seattle can be a little misleading. Their their loss came against Cincinnati, who we're going to face next week. Their tie came against LAFC. They've faced some challenging teams in a way that we haven't until tomorrow.
2: Well, let's keep in mind that they finished 11th last year. was sort of a down season for them. I think a lot of that gets blamed by pundits who might be more informed than us on their involvement in the CONCACAF champions league and the drain on their players and the scheduling nightmare that it caused.
0: Are there pundits less informed than us? I don't think so. Do we consider ourselves pundits?
3: Uh, no, but I would like to say that two of their wins were what against Real Salt Lake. So, and we scored four Seattle only scored two. So I'm pretty sure transitive property.
4: That's how statistics work.
3: Yeah.
0: All right. Looking forward to the game tomorrow. I think it'll be some high-quality soccer, I hope.
3: And I'm excited because now we're underdogs again, and I think that's just better for our team. Better for all teams, really. You're always looking for that, right? We were going into the Minnesota game. People were like, oh, St. Louis should win this game. But now that's over, and we're definitely supposed to lose. So, And hopefully they got some juicy sound bites from nate to
4: post on the locker room wall i think that can only help
0: well one thing we haven't talked about this is an away game we're going to lumen field
3: more like Luven field after tomorrow am i right oh yeah nice got him love it
0: enough about the upcoming sounders game i'm looking forward to seeing it let's talk about lutes Lutz fan and steel for those that don't know his book is The Unstoppable Keeper. He is the sporting director for St. Louis City. Really the the brains behind the team. Nathan Halley, Lutz correspondent. What do you have for us?
1: Yeah, so a few weeks ago, I I was taking a trip on an airplane, and so I bought Lutz's book. I was like, oh, this will be great to read on an airplane. Then I remembered I don't read books on airplanes because they make me sick. Common mistake. But I still, I still have this book. So I've been reading Lutz's book. I really, really meant to have finished the book by now.
0: That's okay. We've got lots of pods upcoming.
1: Here's the thing. Ever since I turned 40, I have a really hard time falling asleep. So I read the book before I go to sleep. But in order to go to sleep, every night I take a cocktail of NyQuil and melatonin. Not a sponsor. And so I get about, I get about six pages into this book and I zonk out. So I'm going to talk about the first half of the book. This guy is literally off the wall. First, he basically had a chance to be in the uh, Bayern Munich system. The way it works over there is they like you. They're not going to put you on the first team when you're like 19 years old. So they there's like an amateur system that I don't fully understand and he doesn't really get into it, but it was like, well, you, you'll be a part of the, the amateur system. And then the thought is that you'll progress and eventually be part of it. And he was like, no, I
0: don't want to wait to do that. So he just decided to like go to Singapore well, what's the timing on this? Wasn't this is the legendary system that led to the 2010 German World Cup win? Is it not?
4: I think you'll find that's 2014. Oh. Oh
0: my God.
1: <laughs> so the really interesting thing is he he tells stories about bouncing all over the world, gambling, carousing with women. In the acknowledgements, he thanks both his wife and his ex girlfriend back to back. He talks about this woman that he was dating very seriously in England, like they were living together, and then he decided to go back to Asia to play and he was like, oh, but we'll get back together. And then he said he never saw her again, like just a really interesting guy. But the the fascinating thing is learning about the life of someone right on the edge. So, you know, we know about the stars and the lives they have, but someone who's who's brushing up against it. So, you know, he was signed by Wimbledon when they were in the Premier League, but he played for the reserves because it was like, well, their third string goalie got injured so we'll bring him in to cover our reserve games. Or, hey, Nottingham Forest, their second-string goalie got injured, so we're going to loan you there for a month. And and he's always, like, right there on, on the cusp of of greatness, but in terms of playing, but isn't there. And he seems to have an impatience in him that he doesn't want to stay and, like, work his way through. Or maybe maybe it's not even possible to say, okay, well, I'm going to stay here and earn my way to the first team. He just bails and like goes and plays in South Africa for two months and then goes and plays in Singapore. And while he's signed to Singapore, he sneaks off to try out for a team in China because maybe that's better. It's, it's really interesting. Hopefully the second half of the book is also interesting. He briefly touched upon uh, his time in jail, but I haven't gotten there yet. Uh, That's why he thanked his ex-girlfriend, his ex-girlfriend helped him survive his time in jail. I'd, I'd recommend the book. It's, it's a pretty easy read but really fascinating. Definitely makes me like him more. He's he's quite a character. He kind of owns his his flaws. There's no trying to cover up and present himself as like the perfect person. He's like, "Well, the first night I got to South Africa, I was bored, so I went out to some casino and just started gambling." I think generally like, you know, athletes gambling is is somewhat looked down upon. But yeah, so far great book. I plan to have it finished at some point so we can we can keep discussing it but and i will i will pass it around the podcast group once i'm done but i really recommend it so yeah i'm i'm reading that book i'm listening in the car to inverting the pyramid which to be honest is rough to listen to because you just get lost in the names of a bunch of like hungarians from the 50s but i am saturating my brain
2: soccer goodness that seems like a book that's going to have a lot of diagrams in it that you need to look at to understand
1: surprisingly few diagrams i actually own the book in paper form
0: let's talk about other things going on in the world of the mls what's on your mind phil what do you want to talk about in the world of mls well let's talk about apple tv and the coverage and what we think about that are they sponsoring us yet not a sponsor
1: okay so we can be honest
0: Uh, I would like the listeners to know we will always be honest. We would not take a sponsor that we do not fully support. Unless they gave us a lot of money. Then we would learn to support them.
1: (laughs) Okay, right. I actually, I would like to start with Chris because he probably watches twice as much Apple TV MLS coverage as the rest.
0: I don't think that's true. I think Patrick has watched every game about four times.
3: Except for this last one, three minimum. That one I've only watched once in apple once with my eyeballs but chris
0: is getting the most live what do you have for us chris
2: yeah i've been largely satisfied with the product i don't know that i'm the typical apple viewer i i don't really care very much about the commentary because i'm used to watching games uh, commentated on in vietnamese so i just sort of tune it out anyway especially after the world cup where All of the commentary needed to be tuned out or you would go insane. I don't know. It doesn't bother me. It's nice. It's nice to have it at your fingertips on my phone, on my computer. I just connect to the Wi-Fi. If I want to go to a bar or a restaurant with a TV, I can bring my laptop. I can set it up. I can put it on the screen.
1: Has anyone tried switching to the local commentary? I've recently found out you can do that, but I'm not sure which buttons you need to press. I was not aware that was an
0: option.
2: Yeah, you can turn on the... The local radio commentary and overlay it onto your your viewing uh, but it's the local radio commentary so this week it'll be whoever does it for seattle in seattle
1: i believe the controversy is that there was some some hubbub on on twitter that apple is disappointed with the number of subscribers that they're getting uh, and that perhaps if you follow the twitter thread down it means that the mls is going to fail which is good because then what rises in the ashes is a league that supports promotion and relegation. Ooh, people really care about that. Let's ignore that part. That's very optimistic. I have had multiple people at work tell me that they would watch it, but they don't want to pay for the, the extra thing on Apple. I know that there's some confusion around it. It seems to me that what they had before was bad. Um, and so which was just like games randomly all over the place on different channels. Like I think there were probably games on like QVC at times. Uh, Now it's all on Apple all at the same time, but perhaps it's like slightly too difficult to get to. I don't know because like I know how to use technology and also really care and would probably jump through whatever hoops it took to watch this. It does. I will say it worries me as someone who is now devoting almost all of their emotional Uh, well-being to this team including trying to figure out where on my body the st louis city logo tattoo will go that that perhaps the league could have done something that is going to negatively affect their revenue stream and could make it so this thing that now all of a sudden i'm super
0: invested in uh has some problems uh apple tv no blackouts that's a pretty big deal that that in my mind makes it better than any of the other sporting streaming arrangements It is absolutely better than things like MLB TV, which I don't subscribe
1: to because I couldn't watch the Cardinals games, but I can watch the Cardinals games via other services. There's no other option. If I wanted to watch STL city, my personal opinion is it's probably fine, but I wish they could have done it with like ESPN. Maybe that's just wishful thinking like ESPN didn't care or want to listen.
3: Apple gave them a lot of money. I do generally uh, appreciate the coverage I like to think it's going, it's continuing to improve. You know, it is a new system that they have here. And as it rolled out, I think a lot of the other leagues, you know, with the, the issues with broadcasting, it it was a Bali going, having bankruptcy issues and not knowing where certain MLB teams were going to end up being broadcast. And it, it, there's something appealing to the streaming process, having easy access. And it's, you know, cheaper than having to get cable to watch
4: i still think we should praise them for the availability of all the games and the apple people so far are just fine and that that works for me i just want to see the game just
0: fine they're good that's going to get us that sponsorship
4: it just feels like in
1: comparison it's almost hard to not end up watching a premier league game on the weekends like it's just there and so available But you accidentally watch more Premier League games. Exactly. Because I just turn the TV on and I just end up watching like probably four or five Premier League games a weekend because it's just there.
0: Okay, boomer.
4: I mean, yeah, that's it. It's about habits and consumption habits. I'm so much more interested in MLS that I am perfectly fine if West Ham, the team that I've supported for 12 years... (laughs) gets relegated so long as STL city wins this Seattle game.
1: Drew, I have been meaning to talk to you. It feels odd that Ted Lasso has chosen of all things, West Ham United to be the big bad evils.
4: Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm sure they're getting some money out of Apple for this using their names. And I mean, all these teams are, and the West Ham being the baddies is fine.
1: I am going to be a huge hypocrite and say that the relegation battle in the Premier League, including West Ham, is pretty exciting this year, and maybe it would be good for MLS.
0: Can American audiences handle that?
1: No, and we wouldn't even have a team because no one is going to come in and say, okay, I'll spend, you know, $600 million plus build a stadium for a team that could get relegated in the first year.
2: Well, I mean, we are looking at how many teams in the league now? 29. 29, which is obviously an... Odd number, both literally and figuratively, uh, for a football league. I think there will have to be a decision
1: made. When it gets to 30 teams, that that becomes a difficult single-table
2: league to manage. Going back to the Apple thing, just for a second, it is so weird to me that as soccer grows in popularity in the, the U.S., there just isn't, I don't know, maybe it's just not living there, but I think MLS just doesn't have any focused centralized ad campaign that makes sense to me like it's it's all haphazard and it's all like stop start and a little bit just not it's not very impressive it's not very noteworthy
1: call call me boomer but the fact that saturday and sunday morning you're just getting blasted with the the premier league and it's so easy and accessible i think does matter and mls hasn't figured out how to take that space over
3: well they're never going to take over broadcast it's just not going to happen so this is the next best option and because i've seriously having this apple season pass i've watched more mls than i ever thought i would just because it's right there you go there you have every game they're all playing at the same time on the same night uh and i'm watching more mls content and stuff because i know where it is
2: so let's talk solutions. What do you think can be done to make Apple's product better?
0: I think a lot of it is just technical kinks that they will work out over the course of it. I think they'll find which personalities click together in making the the recap shows and things like that. I, I would give, you know, we're six weeks into their run at this. I think they need to do a better job of advertising
1: and informational. Like people still think, oh, well, I need to pay for Apple TV. And then also pay for MLS, which is not true. You can just pay for the MLS part. So I think to some degree, there needs to be more advertising, a better
2: informational campaign about this is how you can access these games. So gentlemen, we've lost our first game and now we're five and one. And some of the, the gloss of our inaugural run has, has worn off. But it, it, it does bring us back down to earth a little bit, which probably for a sports fan in general is pretty healthy after that first loss, our first ever, historically our first ever loss. Let's uh let's take stock. What do you think is is the the ceiling for this team? Like what would define success for us this year? What would be the definition of success with the information we have now?
4: I think we've already done it. Keep dreaming. That's what's healthy. It's definitely not healthy to worry so much about sports. This has been delightful and I'm Thrilled to be with you guys. I'm sorry that I'm a broken record. but I literally was
1: in tears last night watching the segment that the Blues put together on the return of Vladimir Tarasenko. It's impossible to overstate how foundationally important to who I am sports are. I mean, I can define important moments of my life on when the Blues won the Stanley Cup or how the Cardinals have done or even what's going on this year and how it's brought our family and friend group closer together. I think, I, I think sports are an amazing metaphor for life and the highs and the lows are what, what make it worth living, which is why I get, you know, I I think sometimes it's said derogatorily that like, Oh, St. Louis doesn't have anything. So they just have sports like, no BS. We have the beauty and the poetry of, of sport and we care about it because we're a society that recognizes that it is a metaphor for the human condition going forward i think making the playoffs is still good i'd like to see us get back to playing our game anything i i will be happy with anything i mean i've been bummed this week um i wouldn't be thrilled if like we lost every game going forward but i i think we're going to be a good team i think my goal is to not end up in like the eighth or ninth spot where there's that plan like let's aim for seventh or better if we can do that there's no way the year isn't a success that being said i did have the thought before this podcast i was like i think we're going to win the cup
0: I applaud that. I think making the playoffs is, you know, in
3: my mind, that's the bar we're shooting for at this point. Now, when we're revisiting this, are you, Chris, are you raising your bar or are you lowering your bar? I think
2: that's necessary to raise our bar. You're raising your bar now. Yeah. After I think, the, loss. I think I'm I'm w- I'm willing to do it now after the loss because I think I've seen enough. <laughs> in that game and in the games before to definitively say that we are much better than anybody expected us to be. Even in that loss, we dominated the game. I think we should be finishing in, I want to say fifth or higher at this point, seeing us in the West. And I think we should make a pretty deep cup run. So what Klaus said after the game was that energy levels and just mental discipline cannot be maintained uh, week in and week out. And you're going to flag. You're going to drop off at some point, And you're going to lose your edge. And I think that's what he was saying happened in the Minnesota game. But looking at how we started the season and the mental edge and the mental sharpness and discipline we took into the start of the season, it was huge. It like, was an overwhelming experience. I can only imagine for the players. But take that into a cup where you have to win this week. And you have to win next week. And you just, you can apply that mental toughness to one game a one-off game and you know i think cup success a deep run in the cup should be our our bar now our hope maybe not our expectation but uh, something that we can target
3: yeah i agree i think i feel like before the season started off the pod we said fairly collectively we want to be competitive that didn't necessarily mean winning hardly anything we just didn't want to embarrass ourselves and that bar is clearly cleared and yeah i think uh, playoffs are definitely in sight in fact you're right i think it would be a disappointment if we didn't make the playoffs after this start be a statistical
2: anomaly probably well we do have a couple of
0: tough weeks coming up we have seattle and then cincinnati i think it'll be interesting to see how we do against some some tougher teams i'm hopeful we do well yeah very
3: excited to see how these next weeks play out
2: i think at some point we're gonna to have to learn how to take games to teams that don't want to come to us so we can you know use our our press and our frenetic energy up front i think fermino will help us with that fermino would be a help
4: corrections and omissions there's something that's been on my mind and quite troubling to me it was something i said in week two when i referred to The San Jose Clash as Kobe Jones' San Jose Clash. Because Kobe Jones played for the Los Angeles Galaxy, not the Clash, and I was thinking of Eric Wynalda, I apologize, and I apologize with interest since it's taken me a couple of weeks to get to that.
0: Oh, you wouldn't believe the number of letters we got on that. All right, gentlemen. Seattle game tomorrow. In Seattle, a late evening. Let's make predictions. Let's go around the table.
3: What do we think is going to happen tomorrow night? Patrick Stark? I'm feeling better. I, Like I said, I recommend watching last week's game against Minnesota. I think you'll feel better about it. I'm going 2-1. City, I think. No, no, no. 3-2. I think it's going to be a late goal to put us up 3-2 there. Or tie 2-2. Well, I'll say 3-2. Go City.
0: Drew Wolfson.
4: I think it's going to be a tight game. We are all predicting that this is a tough opponent. We're going to have a hard time. So just the one goal, one nothing for City and cost to score.
0: Chris Hoff.
2: Since Patrick evacuated that 2-1 prediction, I'm going to steal it. I think 2-1 City with Jordan Morris and Leo Chu regressing to the mean and Ebert and Ruiz Diaz coming off the bench to make no impact whatsoever. Nathan Halley.
1: I'm going to go
2: 2-0, Sounders. Ouch. All right, that's 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 the end of it.
0: That's a first. That's a first predicted city loss. I'm going 1-1 one, one draw. Claire Halley, what's your prediction?
3: I predict that maybe St. Louis is, like, now working really, 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 really hard to get another goal. So, so I'm predicting maybe that they might win two to four.
0: Oh, oh st louis four two
4: finally some sense coming out of the halley family nice to hear
3: it there we go nice that's
4: the
0: optimistic halley take all right we will find out tomorrow gentlemen it's been a pleasure it has it's been delightful good talking to you and let's go city talk to you guys
2: later love you phil i love you too enjoy your watch party gentlemen